Hi there. Today's show is brought to you by Hoopsters. If you want to connect with your kids or your friends, put your phone down and play Hoopsters, the greatest basketball-themed board game ever made. A game of Hoopsters is quick-paced and packed with all the thrills of basketball and the strategy of backgammon. Head to hoopsters.store to learn more. Good times. It's the middle of the week, and we're sharing what we learned in week one of the NFL and breaking down the luckiest plays ever. Everybody, almost live from OHIO. This is Boss Wednesday! Wednesday. We're a weekly sports podcast for the medium fan. Sports. Wednesday. We're a weekly sports podcast, all the medium free. Loving that live music. All right, everybody, welcome to Sports Wednesday. Sports talk for the medium fan. That means we know the big storylines, but we frequently get the details wrong. I hope you're cool with that. My name's Pete Brown. I'm the big man on campus. BMOC is what my co-hosts call me. First of all, joining me as always is basketball legend Matt Longley. How are you, Coach? I'm I'm doing good, doing well. In the thick of a middle school golf season, and I understand it's going well. It is. I'm undefeated. It just I just can't seem to lose. The coach cannot lose. And then with that live music was our musical director, the Maestro Brian Hake. How are you, Maestro? Feeling musical. He is feeling musical. All right. Everybody, we're trying out a couple of new things with the format tonight. Let us know if you like them. You can let us know on Twitter, where we're at Sport Wednesday, or over on Instagram, where we're Sports Wednesday. Both good uh, social media follows there. And just a reminder, before we get into it, you can head to sportswednesday.com and check out all of our merch. There's lots of merch. We actually sold some merch this week, fellas, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, very good. You know what else happened this week? (laughs) I do. The NFL kicked off its 100th season, mm. its 100th season. And so here's what we're doing to kick us off. We're each going to share one thing we learned from week one of the NFL. Uh, and just in advance, you know, before I go, Coach is going to throw an accent at me, and I have to do mine in an accent because I lost a bet on the LSU-Texas game. Apparently, I took Texas. Is that right? That is correct. You you did come up short on that, on that bet. All right. Well, while I warm up my vocal cords for our accents, Coach, what's one thing you learned from week one of the NFL? So I'm going to do some knee-jerk reactions, and there's only really – there's two. My knee-jerk reaction is the Dolphins might be the worst football team to don an NFL uniform in the past 10 years, and it's just going to get worse for them because my other knee-jerk reaction is the Patriots, as much as people hate to hear this and as much as it pains me to say it, they're better than they were last year. And those two teams meet next week. So it might be worse than the 59 drub, 59 whatever drubbing it was for the against the Ravens. And Miami is in big trouble. Oh, man. Why are you hating on the Dolphins? I'm just trying. Be- just because the rumor is most of their players are trying to get traded. <laughs> That's never good in game one. Never good. <laughs> Maestro, what's something you learned from week one? Um, you know, I, I watched quite a bit of NFL football. And I got to say, you know, football has, and it, and this has been happening for a while. It's not a big observation, but man, it's, it's just pass play all the time now. You know, there is no smash mouth, run the ball. 
I mean, even when it's like third and goal, they're still throwing the ball every time. It's crazy. So that's my observation is that, you know, it's all pass passes king, spread it out, tons of wide receivers, no running backs. And uh and I I hate to say this because it makes me sound snobbish, but uh, if you read the Sunday New York Times in their sports section, uh, they opened with a, a huge story on exactly that, Maestro, how the game has completely changed and become pretty much past crazy. I mean, did anybody watch any of the Sunday night game last night, the the New England Steelers game? A little bit, yeah. I mean, there was like no running at all. And, and like Ben Roethlisberger reminded me of backyard football. It's like, just go out for a pass. Go straight <laughs> out and I'll throw go it deep. Go straight out. I'll throw it. You just go and catch it. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> is, that, is, that how, is that how Ben Roethlisberger sounds in your head? <laughs> if uh, It's a good Roethlisberger, actually. It's That's really quality, good. Maestro. Uh, if, if I was coaching an NFL team, I'd install a triple option offense, and you'd see right away why nobody's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's was my next point. Effective, effective as Army almost knocked off Michigan running it, but not great to watch. Not compelling. All right, uh, so I'm LSU. Ready. I'm, I'm waiting. Go, LSU beat Texas. That game was uh, up. I don't. I can't believe it did a straight up bet on this. And uh, so, if I lost, I have to do a segment in an accent. Coach, what accent am I using? Well, I mean, I I thought I went. All around the world, trying to think of one to really put you on you, put it on you. But I think I'm going to go with one that's in your wheelhouse. But I think everyone's going to enjoy, and that's a French accent. Nice. Oh la la! I cannot believe that you picked the French accent. <laughs> well, the other thing I tell you that I learned from watching the NFL this week is that <laughs> Dak Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott is better than you think he is. Especially you, coach, who was complaining you got him on his fantasy team. He lit up the Giants in his game, and he is in the last year of his rookie contract. <laughs> Unlike Zeke Elliott, who held out, he did not hold out because he's going to have a monster year. Dak Prescott. Oh. <laughs> Très bien. Très bien. J'adore Dak Prescott. really appreciate you going with one in my wheelhouse. Like we were saying before, I was like, if you threw like South Romanian at me, I'd be in some trouble. I was worried that he was going to throw Asian at you and you were going to be really, really bad. Oh, yeah. oh no. I heard on the we'd, side of gosh. We'd cut the entire segment I, for racism. I will tell you there were three finalists. So French was one of them. The other one was Russian because I figured you could do that. The third was, I wanted to hear what your Irish accent is, but I, I've heard it before. So I went with something that we could really enjoy. Well, clearly I make bad bets, so that could be happening in the future. Oh, yeah. But that was a lot of fun, but it's not as fun as what comes next, everybody. The fun spot. Woo! Fun spot! Fun spot! Luckiest play ever. Okay, Maestro did say in the text already thought we did this before. We've done amazing finishes and fantastic finishes, but uh, I want you to pick a play that 
arguably luck is involved in it in some way or another. Okay, so luckiest play ever. So let's uh, let's let's go with Coach first. What do you got for us, Coach? So I went with an old classic, tried and true, and and, and there's many reasons why I picked it because the older this play gets, the more luck that seems like it was involved. And that I went with the immaculate reception. Franco Harris, December twenty third, nineteen seventy two, picks the ball essentially almost off the carpet against the Raiders when the game was over, runs it in for a touchdown. I mean, it's an amazing it it it's an amazing play because it like careened off a couple players and he like just was in the right place and caught it like at the toe end of it and ran it in. And the reason why it seems so lucky now is that I think if there was replay this play would have come back because the you, th- you think it hit the hit the ground. Not even that that that's part of it. But the rule back then is that you could not have a batted ball by your own player caught by another player on your team. It had to deflect off of a defender. And it, oh, it did though, didn't? Well, it? that's what that's the whole thing. They're not sure. They look at the play over and over again, and they're not sure if it even hit another, if it hit a defender. And whoever wants to watch it can watch it. But this was big controversy back then. And also, and then his catch, way he catches it, it 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 is off the. I mean, it's really close off the carpet. But like, you think if they would have gone through the minutia of frame by frame in five K or twelve K, whatever they have now and looked at it, there's a real good chance that the tip of the football was scraping the scraping off the ground. Yeah. It is a fantastic finish. It's one of my favorites. But Well, I'll tell you what. We have a lot of Gen Z listeners. They probably have no idea what we're talking about, so we'll definitely be tweeting out the YouTube link. Oh, I'm absolutely. watching the play now as you talk. I mean, what's inter- there are a couple things that are interesting. One, Bradshaw was being harried, but he had a guy open. He just underthrew oh, it. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, in this, uh, now Maestro, you're the Steelers fan, right? This play really was considered the play that turned the Steelers around and they turned into this four Super Bowl winning juggernaut. Is that not correct? I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry, spit take. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. You really have no idea? This is, this know. play I mean, doesn't I, speak to your moved, soul as a Steelers fan? We moved to we moved to uh Pittsburgh in the late seventies. I don't know when that game was, but Seven, I think we seventy two. Oh, okay. Nineteen seventy. Yeah, they were, they were already a hardcore power. We didn't move to Pittsburgh till seventy seven. So I was a Browns fan. I was what? Actually, what? What? Seventy one. How how are we just learning this? Seventy two. We were all pooping our diapers back. In oh 72. yeah, I never claimed to see this game. But wait, wait, wait. You just said something that. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. I've known you a long time. Did you just say you used to be a Browns fan, and then you became a? a I'm not even going to say it. A Steelers fan. Well, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, we lived in, we lived in North Olmstead from, uh, what? What, 70? Did you used to be a Michigan fan too? 72 to, I think probably 72 to 77, something like that. The maestro secret history. Wow. There's pictures of me. There's pictures of me in Brown's jammies. Oh yeah. I was, Ooh. in fact, I think I have that, uh, that Brown, well, I used to anyway, that Brown's helmet that you had on. The nice. I nice. I actually got that uh, when I was in kindergarten and I was sick with the flu and my dad brought it home for me. God, what a great dad. It still fits. Uh, all right, Maestro, what do you got? What's one lucky player you're telling us? So I bounced around. I, you know, I, I think I went with, uh, originally went with that, that Boston College play, but I, I, the, the one that really popped into my head first and I had to think about it for a while because 
Um, I was trying to remember what Super Bowl it was, but it was super, the Super Bowl in 2007. I think it might have been Super Bowl 48 or something like that, but it was called the helmet catch play. Oh, David Tyree. That's when, uh, yeah, when Tyree caught that off his helmet, it was like, what, third or fourth and long, and uh, Eli was running around, almost got sacked like two or three times, and he just threw that dead duck up in the air, and Kyrie caught it, or Tyree, I mean. Um so yeah, that was the play that popped into my head. I don't, I couldn't even remember if it was in a Super Bowl or just a playoff or whatever. But um, no, that, that was the no Super Bowl, Bowl, and that was the year New England was undefeated going into Correct. That Super Bowl. Yeah. So that was that was huge. So so luck in that it just happened to hit his helmet in the right way that he was able to get his hand up there and catch it. Yeah, and you know it's funny watching it back. I always thought that it was a questionable catch too, because but that but. When you watch that man, he it was crazy how he held onto that thing all the way down to the his one shining yeah. moment. Yeah, and if you remember too, Eli and I'm watching it now. Eli Manning, I mean he he was in the grasp really. They had yeah. him by his, his jersey, and he just escaped. And wow, that was that really is a, that's an amazing play too. Both of the both of you guys went with some classics. I appreciate that. Yeah, I like the classic. So. I uh, looked around for a while till I found mine, and mine is actually the NFL record punt return, which happened in 1994, and it's the Saints against the Rams, and they punt the ball, and it bounces like right before the goal line and looks like it's just going to fly out the end of the end zone. So everybody kind of stops running, but what it doesn't go out the end of the end zone. It hits in the end zone like an inch before the back line and then kind of oh, bounces the other I way. I just watched that. But every... Everybody has given up on the play except for uh, Robert Bailey, the Rams deep guy. And he basically walks over, picks it up, and then runs it back 103 yards the other way. Nobody gives chase. Not even the cameraman showing the punter walking off the field. And suddenly everybody's like, hey, wait a second. What's going on? And so that was lucky because it, like, it for sure looked like it was going out. And, and he was the only guy in the field paying attention saw that it didn't go out of the end zone and saw that no nobody was uh, looking. And so he went on, and now he still has the record. 103 yards, still the longest punt return in NFL history. That's amazing. I just watched Dang. that. But I, would you consider that a lucky play or just somebody that had, was, had their head screwed on straight? Well, it had a lucky bounce, right? Uh, heads, okay, okay. Gotcha. Without that lucky bounce – this this play doesn't happen. So that's that's why I really like this one. I was actually looking around doing I was I wasn't sure if we were gonna do lucky plays for this fun spot or, well, then this or fun, fun spot should have been called luckiest bounce ever. I appear apparently because all of our luck in football turns <laughs> it's out to all be about a bounce. bounces. Maestro you had asked uh is it, or do we have to do football? Can we do any sport? Did you have any any ideas about other sports you wanted to talk about? Um I really don't. I really didn't. I was just curious if it was just football, but I think all our heads are in the football. I, I had the one where uh, the luckiest home run where uh, the ball bounced off Jose Canseco's head and went over the fence. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a lucky one. Nice. Yeah, that that is lucky. Or, or, or what about the one where the, the kid from the Yankees, the fan reached out? And oh, it yes. I'm a baseball guy. Oh, I'm a baseball guy. I'm a baseball yes. guy. Yeah, well, baseball guys, sorry, it's going to be a while before you can talk That's baseball okay. on this show. All right, everybody, this has been The Fun Spot. Fun Spot! Fun Spot! Luckiest bounce ever. 
Sports Wednesday, the only Wednesday-themed podcast with live music. Certainly enjoying that tonight, Maestro. It's time for three picks. Three picks brought to you by Hoopsters, the basketball-themed board game only available at Hoopsters.store. If you want a board game that delivers a fast-paced, hoops-like extravaganza, check out Hoopsters at Hoopsters.store. All right, three picks. We're each making one pick tonight. Coach has the lock of the week in, against the spread in the NFL. Maestro has lock of the week for college, and I have upset of the week. Let's go to Coach first. This is against lock the spread. Of the week. We got my lock of the week. As much as I want to take New England over Miami, that spread is seventeen, so that's a little steep for my blood. So I'm going to go um, with a team that I still think isn't very good and a team that's on the rise, and it's Dallas minus four four and a half against Washington. I think Dallas with Zeke, he'll have another week under his back. Um, Dak, okay, even if he's half as good as he was last week, they should beat, by, beat Washington by a touchdown. All right, so uh, as usual, Coach talking big up in the uh, <laughs> early part of the show, then backs off it when it comes to picks. And Washington uh, screwed you last week, so hopefully they can do it and get two in a row. Man, screw me twice. My, you go, you got go to go back and listen to the, the tone. And Coach's voice <laughs> during this segment last week. Oh, oh my gosh, he was so arrogant. But anyway. All right. I was a prick. I was an arrogant there, prick last week. Nice <laughs> points on these, right, BMOC? Yeah, yeah that's okay. correct. That's yep. So, Maestro, you've got our college, college lock of the week against the spread. Lock of the week. I'm going. Uh, lock of the week. I'm going Oklahoma over UCLA. They're, uh, they, they're, they're given 20 points. And they're going to double that. I mean, UCLA is is a shit show, and Oklahoma is on fire. So they uh, Oklahoma will beat the spread and beat UCLA. That's my lock. College lock of the week. All right. Maestro's lock of the week. So that's, brought to you by White Claw. <laughs> that's, that's Oklahoma minus 20? Yeah. Okay. Over UCLA? All right. Against... The spread. Okay, so uh, I have the upset of the week against the spread, NFL or college. I just realized the one I chose was not, in fact, an upset. Okay, I am going to pick Iowa State plus two over Iowa. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a close line. Iowa State looked good in their opener. Iowa, a little bit of an off year, so it's going to be close, but uh, go with the Cyclones in your upset of the week. Cyclones. I originally had written, for some reason, I wrote Maryland minus eight over Temple because I'm just used to Maryland always being an underdog. <laughs> they're not. But they're not after the whooping they put on Coach's Syracuse Orange, oh. 63 to 20. I think Maryland's going to surprise some people I this do year. too. Although I think Temple's not well, as bad. You know, I think I think that'll still be a decent game. Yeah, Temple's new coach, former Northern Illinois coach. So uh, last week, uh, here's how this worked out. We did week one locks. Coach had picked Philadelphia minus nine and a half over Washington. He was sure about this, nine and a half. That's God a big it, line in the NFL. Lake the Gar- what, what are you talking about? <laughs> a Lake Gar- well, if the Eagles would have put it in the goddamn end zone instead of kicked the field goal at the end of the game, I'd be celebrating. That's right. right. So uh, it was a late garbage touchdown by the Washington football team. Uh, and so coach gets no point. Um, I, uh, I, I, in what is arguably <laughs> the worst pick in sports Wednesday history, I, I dare you to find one thought the dolphins plus six and a half at home against the Ravens who, and I do want you to roll back the tape on that one because the laugh I had on that pick was like, 
Okay. Well deserved. Well deserved. I just, you know, I don't like the Ravens. I thought little dolphins are at home, and that seemed like a big line. Uh, but uh, Baltimore squeaked by in that one, fifty-nine to ten. So I could have, I could have had plus sixty and a half and barely eked that out. So Maestro, once again, the only guy getting a point by picking Indianapolis to cover against the Chargers. That was close too. Uh, they lost thirty to twenty-four, but they had six and a half points. So boom, chopper lock. Nice. Ah, Chargers were winning big early. Maestro, as usual, he he likes to go. Oh, I just know music. I don't really know sports, but he is Liar. at forty-eight of eighty on the year, sixty percent getting those Damn. tips. Man, that is take that to the bank. You can take that to the bank. I am at thirty-six of eighty. That's forty-five percent. Don't take that to the bank. And coach, oh still God. at thirty-five of eighty, forty-three point seven five percent. I don't, take me I don't know where to take that, coach, but it's definitely not the bank. Stay away. Damn. This has been three picks, but now we're rounding third and heading for home, Maestro. Sounding good as we round third base and head for home. The first thing we're doing is our fantasy football, not top 10 stardom. The way this works is we have a fantasy football league, by the way. Uh, 18 teams. Man, we really, that's a Sports Wednesday record. That's a huge amount of teams. It looks like like I beat you this week too, Coach. So? I still have somebody in Oakland. I still have the tight end. He's going to get 30 points tonight. That's right. The tight end could get 30 points. But I noticed like uh, your defense scored minus eight points and mine scored minus five. (laughs) Defense. We are not defensive juggernauts. All right. Here's how this works. So uh, it's kind of obvious if you got a player in the top 10 in its position, you're going to start them. So this is you're going to say, all right, uh, a player who is not in the top 10 of their position, who you're going to start. I'm I'm going to kick this off. I'm going to do wide receivers. And uh, I am now picking. Tyler Lockett. Okay. He is currently ranked 18th. He's on the Seahawks, Kansas State product, and they are playing uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who did not look so hot against New England. So Tyler Lockett is your not top 10 stardom from BMOC. Maestro, what do you got? So I'm going to learn my lesson because I have two quarterbacks on my team, and uh, you would automatically think you'd take Cam Newton, but he didn't score very well on my team last week. Whereas Andy Dalton did, so I I would I'm going to go with Andy Dalton this week for Team Team Maestro. I don't think he's a top ten quarterback. Would you agree? No, he's not. Uh, I don't think so, but we can double check that. PD, we look into that. PD's checking. Yeah, find out who they're playing to. Have PD check into that. They're playing San Francisco, which could be a tall order. Oh, okay. I mean, Seattle was Eh. is a pretty. It's at home, I think. I don't think it's in. It's not in. In Garoppolo, we trust. That's right. All right, Coach, what do you got? I have yep. another wide receiver, and he is currently, well, he was last week ranked 29th, and that's Josh Gordon for New England. And I think against Miami, mm. they're going to be looking at Antonio Brown, but Josh Gordon is going to have a monster game. Like, I just feel like he's going to have multiple touchdowns. He had a touchdown last week. They're going to they're gonna have to pick who they're going to choose, and they're probably going to let Josh Gordon beat him instead of Antonio Brown. So... Antonio Brown, or excuse me, Josh Gordon for the Patriots. All right. What is he ranked? He was 29th, I thought. 
29th. Yeah, and I guess that makes sense because that ranking is really based on on last year. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Maestro Pedia has confirmed Andy Dalton is not in the top ten quarterbacks. Jeez, man, I, I was Thank just you, looking. I, I need to man. I need to manage my team a little better, man. I had like sixty points on my bench <laughs> in my loss. Well, to, uh, I did too, but yeah. uh, I am I am okay. so poor. So poor at fantasy. Andy Dalton, 25th ranked quarterback out of 27. So good luck with that. Okay. Well, he's definitely, if he does anything, he's, he's doing better. Sounding good. All right, everybody. Time for a little bit of trivia. Trivia. Doing trivia a little different this week. Coach has the freedom to do one of his massive name. How many you can name trivia questions. And Meister, we're going to work together. Okay. So mine is going to be football trivia and it's, uh, it's, Football trivia, and it's based on, I don't know, maybe Tom Brady. So here is the question. It's going to be name eight. Tom Brady's been in nine Super Bowls. He's faced eight different quarterbacks. One of them he faced twice. How many of those quarterbacks can you name? Well, Eli Manning is one he faced twice. Eli Manning for sure. There's one. He's the double-double. He's the Uh, daily double. That's uh, two. I played last year. The Rams. It would have been. I don't know. You tell Goff. me. Jared Goff. That's uh, three. Nick Foles. That's four. Uh, let me see. Uh, Fran Tarkington. Now it gets difficult. We have four more to go. Schneisey. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Drew Brees? No. Um, they have to be NFC teams, Pete, so let's whittle that down. Let's whittle, whittle it, down. it down. Okay, uh, they played the Panthers one year. Yes, was that they did. Del home? Wow. Oh, that was the one I thought you would not yeah. get. Well done. Um, did, they play, did they ever play... Um, uh, oh, Matt Ryan. Matt yeah. Ryan. Oh, oh. All right. We have, you have two, two left. Two left. Oh, wow. These, these are gettable. So some of the other big, oh, what about Seattle? Did they ever play Seattle in the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah, oh. they did. Russell Wilson. Oh, my gosh. You're so close. Uh, There's one um, left. Uh, Randall Cunningham. Oh, no, yes. no, no. No, no but uh, you're Aaron, the... Aaron. Yes, oh. yes. No. No. On the Eagles, though, right? Yes, yes. Who's the other Eagles? Oh, not, oh, shit. Not, not Cunningham. Donovan McNabb. Yes. There we go. Congratulations. You got them all. That was good. That was a good question here, uh, Coach. And uh, the fact that it was Tom Brady means we can play Dreamweaver in the background. Uh, oh, why, do, why else do you think I would have Man, he it? looked so good. Holy cow. He looked so good last night. Jeez, jeez. Can you name the two the, the two quarterbacks that well, beat he, him? That was Manning. Eli Manning. And Nick Foles. Very good. Dilly dilly. Trivia. Dilly dilly. All right. So that was trivia. I enjoyed that. And that brings us in record time, ladies and gentlemen, to our final Whoa. thought. Maestro, final thoughts. Your honor, your honor. I think I've had that much time. Uh, so <laughs> my final thought, and you know how I, I do like to bring it in for, for a collective hug and chat. But I watched, uh, I watched the... Women's U.S. Open final. Uh, that's tennis. Nice. 
it was Serena against um, B, uh, oh shoot, Bianca Andrescu from Canada. Andrescu. Yeah. And it was great tennis. I mean, it went fast. They were playing flawless tennis, both of them. I mean, it was, it was amazing. But my final thought is, you know, as we get older, it's weird how we sort of cling to people. And, you know, we're, we're older than Serena, but we've watched her career. Even if, even if we're not tennis fans, we've seen her sort of come into her own and dominate and win all those records, all those record matches and stuff. And it's, it's interesting to me how, what that is, why that is that we sort of cling to those heroes. Is that, is it, is it because of our age or is it just because like even, even Tom Brady's a good example. It's like, we're still cheering him on, you know, we hate him, but we love him at the same time. Same with like Tiger Woods and think of all these heroes that we've watched. And so my final thought is why, you know, why as we get older, do we kind of cling to them when we should be cheering on the young, the young folk to come in and take the sport to, to a new place. I mean, for me, I think it's, it has to be like, like a bird in hand is better than, you know, two in the bush. Like basically since you, you know what you're going to get, if you're a tennis fan and you know, you turn Serena on, you know, you're watching her on TV, you know, what type of tennis you're going to get. I think the domination thing is compelling too. Like, even if you don't like them, you, you enjoy watching them get beat. And when it's just two people that you don't have any vested interest, whether you despise them or love them, sometimes watching sports is just, it's, it, it loses all its interest to me. Like if I don't have, if it's not my teams, then I need to have a yeah. vested interest in the fact that, well, I don't like this person or I want them to lose, or man, I want to see this person like Tiger Woods. I want to see him one, one more time. I want to see him beat the field. So I think we hang onto those because it gives us the best entertainment. You think that? And I just uh, just want to clarify for our listeners, uh, Coach's last comment about domination uh, is about sports and not pornography. <laughs> yes, I, I do want to. Can, can I, I want to make sure I second that? It is all about yeah. sports, not not uh, well, not, not I, the other. I guess I think, that is the, I, the crux of my final. The crux <laughs> of my final thought is like I didn't have any skin in the game. You know, I, I like tennis. It's not my favorite sport, but. It's like, why was I sort of secretly rooting for Serena when this young girl, you know, was playing awesome and she's a new face and, you know, I should be rooting her on. But what what was it that was keeping me sort of rooting for Serena? Yeah, I think it's, you know, either we we've we have lots of great memories of these people doing great. And and when they continue to do it, it brings us back. But I think part of it on a deeper level is our own mortality yeah. because we are getting old, right? And if Serena wins, we go, oh, I'm not that old. <laughs> you know, she's still winning. But when, you know, you got Tiger, Tiger Woods is just a garbage golfer now. And you're like, man, we're old. Yeah. We're really old. But so. we do have Tom Brady who looks just as good at 42 oh. as he did in that, in that uh, game against Eli Manning in 2007. I mean, look at I'll tell you, he is. Yeah, or that game uh, against Kurt Warner in 2003. I'm telling you what, let, let's call it. He's the Dick Clark of NFL quarterbacks. He really is. He, he He's just never going to get old. And uh, he doesn't eat tomatoes, so that might be something we should all look into. God, and I love tomatoes. That's why I look so old. Yeah, it's the deadly nightshade. <laughs> it's the deadly nightshade. But, but do, you guys, do you guys remember, not to go too much into tennis, but do you remember back when, like, Chrissy Everett Lloyd was, you know, start her career was starting to wind down and 
don't know who it would have been Steffi Graf or Monica Sellis or something like that was was the young buck then. And it's 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 happened probably two or three more times since. And it's weird. Yeah, but like when 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 Chrissy Everett Lloyd was winding down and those players came up, they were like destroying yeah, Chrissy Everett yeah. Lloyd. Serena is way different. Serena is so competitive now. She was in a finals. Christy Everett Lloyd wasn't making any finals. That's the difference between like, that's more like, and this is going to be an old reference, but, or it's like, they always say Willie Mays in a Mets uniform. They're like, Oh, Willie or Joe Namath in a, in a Rams uniform. They're like, you, you just should have put it away. Joe Montana on the chiefs. Eh, he went to some AFC championships. Yeah, he sure did. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Maestro, and, and this will surprise you. I did watch, uh, couple of matches in the u.s open and i enjoyed it I, I typically me. there's something about the main shot in tennis you know that kind of three quarters i i just don't like it like if this is a sport that's crying out for them to put a camera inside the ball <laughs> oh wow that'd be awesome but i watched uh and you know i i can watch it for for a little bit but i love the replays in the slow motion and you can really see everything that's going on that you miss from that wide I'll shot. I'll tell you that what, that is a sport. Action. If Could you imagine those uh, those line cameras back in like McEnroe's day? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, man. God. It's crazy. So, yeah, and Nadal and Medvedev had a, an epic final. It looked like Nadal had him, but Medvedev fought back. He's 23 years old. He's Russian. His last name means the bear, if you guys didn't know nice. that. That's a Medvedev. I do now. Yeah, Medved is uh, Russian for bear. It actually meets one who eats honey. <laughs> I I did not know that. And that's your Russian lesson for the day. Final thoughts. <laughs> All is right, that Casey Kasem. That's a decent final thought about us staring mortality in the face as we watch Serena Williams trying listening to vinyl, drinking craft beer, doing sports podcasts. If I'm not mistaken, Serena needs to win one more major to have more majors than anyone else she's, ever. No, correct? That is correct. She was going no, for the record. Going for the tie. No? Going for that tie. She's got to win two more. Yeah. Two more. She'll win them. She can do it. So, all right, everybody. Nice job with that final thought, Maestro. And uh, go ahead and get your guitar. Before, uh, before we wrap up your Wednesday, head to sportswednesday.com and check out the merch. There is some really nice stuff there. Whoever ordered the Sports Wednesday hoodie, uh, be sure you take a picture of yourself with it and send it to us. We'll put it on the Instagram, which you can follow, by the way, at Sports Wednesday or on Twitter at Sport Wednesday. And finally, pop over to Hoopsters.store for more information about the greatest basketball-themed board game ever. This has been Sports Wednesday. Nice work there, Maestro, and uh, longtime listeners to the show. If you're sticking around, do uh, shoot us a note on Twitter or text us uh, because you probably know who we are and let us know what you thought of this format and uh, if you liked it or if we need to go back to uh, what we've been doing. Sports Wednesday is produced by Blue Monkey Communications and features basketball legend Matt Longley, the Maestro Brian Hake, and me, Pete Brown. So music and sound effects from today's show came from the websites audionautics.com and freesound.org. Visit sportswednesday.com for complete attribution. 
You can follow us on Twitter at Sport Wednesday, that's Sport with no S, Wednesday, and on Instagram at Sports Wednesday. For more information about the board game Hoopsters, visit hoopsters.store, drop your email address in, and we'll keep you in the loop. Until next Wednesday, and on behalf of basketball legend Matt Longley and the maestro Brian Hake, I'm Pete Brown, the big man on campus, saying good times, everybody. Good times. Good times.